You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1316 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland. Coming to you on a Tuesday evening, and it is emergency time on the podcast. Um, I don't always do emergency podcasts for what I would describe as not huge blockbuster transactions, but this is notable in that it's in the middle of training camp. The Hawks make a reported trade. As I record this in quick fashion, the Hawks have not announced this transaction at this point in time, but Sham Sarani of The Athletic reports that the Hawks will be sending Mo Harkless in a second-round pick to the Oklahoma City Thunder in exchange for Vic Krejci. We'll talk about all the reasons and why, sort of the details, all about some Vic Krejci stuff later on in the podcast. But uh, basically, the broad number one top-line thought here is that this move takes the Hawks from above the luxury tax line to below the luxury tax line this season. We'll discuss Krejci more as a player later on in this show, but he's on a non-guaranteed contract worth about $1.56 million for this year. That is not fully guaranteed until the league-wide cutdown date of January 10th. It's also a, a sort of a hinky special, quote-unquote, kind of contract. There are actually two more non-guaranteed years after this if the Hawks would keep him around for very cheap. So if they like him, if it works out, there can be pretty uh, decent value there in the long term for Vic Krejci. And with Harkless making about $4.5 million for this season, swapping him for Krejci takes the Hawks from about $1.7 million over the luxury tax line to about $1.3 million under the luxury tax line. That is a huge swing for a number of reasons because the Hawks, of course, have had sort of been flirting with the tax all summer long. They could actually go even further below that if they were to cut Krejci. I would guess they probably don't do that, but that's too early to be seen at this point in time. They do have to have 14 guys or more, uh, basically 14 or 15 guys on the full-time roster when the season actually starts. And I think that Krejci is the most interesting guy they actually have in camp that's not on a full, on a full contract. So I'll talk about that in a second as well. But Obviously, if you've listened to the show all summer long, you will know this, But uh, so my, my apologies for repeating myself, but if you're a new listener, basically, I've expected the Hawks to get below the luxury tax line all summer long. It was not a guarantee, but I certainly expected it and said as much on the show. They could still go over, in theory, if they were to make a big trade during the season, but all of the behind-the-scenes stuff was kind of pointing to this. When I was hearing, the Hawks did not want to be over the tax now. In the future, maybe so, but because they, they were so close to the tax as well, they could probably get under pretty easily, and this is one of those moves that was kind of shining as a potential option. And basically, this is the kind of move that a team makes when it does not want to be above the tax line. In fact, Landry Fields, the GM, was pretty candid about this and the considerations at Media Day when I actually asked him about that just a few days ago at this point in time. He called it a day-to-day process. did not take long, obviously, for the Hawks to get underneath the tax line, and more Harkless was almost definitely going to be the option if the Hawks were going to have sort of a simple process move to get under the tax. Harkless was the easiest one and uh, for a, a lot of reasons, but one, he's an expiring, he's an expiring contract, not a core piece, was part of that Kevin Herter trade, etc. So anyway, um, one little nerd thing here is that this is actually going to be two separate transactions in terms of how it's actually processed because the Thunder actually are over the cap at this point in time, but they do have a disabled player exception because of Chet Holmgren's injury that they're actually going to be able to use to take on Mo Harkless's salary. And then the Hawks will take in the $1.5 million of Krejci in a separate transaction. 
Also, this gives the Hawks the freedom to utilize the 15th roster spot if they want to, potentially. Um, I talked about this a lot, actually asked Landry about it a few days ago, about the Hawks keeping that spot open, and the kind of he was pretty candid about this, like the flexibility of that with the luxury tax. But now that they're under, they might be able to use that a little bit more, either on a, on a non-guaranteed deal on a training camp for somebody or you know using 10-day contracts during the season. They don't have a ton of room under the tax still, you know, less than $2 million, but they don't have to be quite as strict about kind of sticking under money-wise to stay under the tax. And I'm sure that was a, a mandate from the top that they would probably want to get under at some point, and now they have. As for the other side of, of this transaction, and we'll get into more depth about the Hawks roster stuff in a second, Harkless, again, provided the Hawks with some reasonable depth at the four that they don't really have anymore. Come back to that in a second as well. But that's a uh, that's what, sort of the one downside here. In addition to the second-round pick, at this moment in time, we do not know what that second-round pick is going to be. It could be one of those you know, fake second-rounders that teams kind of throw in for optics. It also could be a real pick that the Hawks are sending away. Now, second-round picks, I know people don't really care about those. They do matter on some level, but I will say the Hawks do have extra second-round picks, including a couple from Oklahoma City uh, in the future, so they're not, like, burdened. They don't have a shortage of second-round picks, so maybe if you want to just kind of use that to get off the salary, not the end of the world, especially if they were actually to like Nick Krejci, which I'm assuming they probably do in this transaction. Um, Harkless is a good veteran, veteran to have around, and he was saying all the right stuff at Media Day, but ultimately, again, he was the most natural guy to move to get out of the tax. Kind of everybody knew that. There was at least a moment or two after the trade for Kevin Herter um, back in July where it was like, all right, are they going to keep more Harkless or not? And that was people around the league like, okay, are they going to hang on to Harkless or move him around? Move him not because that was very obvious then that the Hawks were not going to be a tax team probably. So anyway, they wait till now and they move off of Harkless at this point in time. We'll have more coverage of the Hawks side of this thing in terms of those roster machinations and also a scouting report of sorts on Vic Krejci. But first, a word from our sponsors on the show. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Football is here in a big way. Of course, right now in September and into October, Bet Online is the number one source for all the football you need that you might have and the information that you might crave. This season in pro and college football ranks on all of the latest developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts at Bet Online. That includes all of the content that you need for the weekend slate in both pro and college football. Bet Online is a new source as well for waging information that includes live betting and esports and live scores. And Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to consume every sport you might have interest in at this point. On this show, of course, we talk about the NBA on a regular basis, and there are plenty of future bets available in the NBA space that includes award odds and title odds and division odds, conference odds, even season win totals, and much more. And beyond the NBA, Bet Online has odds and lines on college sports, baseball, boxing, MMA, golf, tennis, auto racing, horse racing entertainment bets, soccer, and much more. Head to Bet Online right now on your mobile device or your computer to learn more about all the trends and the action across the sports world. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, we're back with this uh, short emergency episode of the podcast. Talk about the roster and then some Vic Krejci thoughts at the end of the podcast. Essentially, the, with this trade, the Hawks will only have two primary power forwards on their extended roster. Uh, they do have Chris Silva on a camp invite, but for now... It is just John Collins and Jalen Johnson on the full roster that are actually power forwards. Now, they have guys that can play there, but they're not fours. Like DeAndre Hunter can play the four. He has played the four in the past, but he's also their starting three. Justin Holiday is undersized for that. He's played a little bit of four in his career, but he's pretty small for that. Frank Kaminsky has played some four. He's definitely more of a five, but can play the four in a pinch. A Kongwu obviously could play a little bit of four in certain lineups, but I think next to Capella, probably not a ton of that. So they don't have a ton of depth at the four at this point. Obviously, John Collins has been the centerpiece of the team at the four for a long time, but especially now with Gallinari gone and Jalen not being the most experienced guy in the world, a lot of pressure on John Collins to stay healthy and get in there. And then for Jalen Johnson, 
the coast is now clear. Like one of the thoughts on, I guess one of the concerns the Hawks fans had in the last couple of months was that Harkless might be sort of a, a safety valve for Nate McMillan. Uh, now Jalen Johnson is pretty obviously the backup four. Uh, obviously they could go to Kaminsky. They could do other stuff there, but in terms of actual backup fours on this roster, it's Jalen and Jalen. So keep that in mind as a sort of potential fallout. And I think probably a little bit of a positive if you are in the Jalen Johnson side of things. So beyond that though, Krejci as a player is pretty interesting. This is not exactly a zero. Like some of these transactions are kind of like fake players or whatever. And Krejci is not a prominent name to a casual NBA observer, but he's a real prospect in some ways. So he's a 22 year old guy, just turned 22. He's still very, very young. Like he's younger than a lot of the core guys in the Hawks roster at this point. He was the number 37 pick in 2020 out of the Czech Republic. He was drafted with a torn ACL though. So that was kind of one of those things where like everybody knew about that. He was taken. They already had a torn ACL. So he missed his whole rookie season. That's how that's sort of how you between going to Oklahoma City and missing a full year, that's how you kind of fall out of the picture in terms of like even diehards don't have a ton of feel on Vic Krejci. And then last year he did play in 30 games for the Thunder, but then he had an arthroscopic procedure on his left knee during the season that ended his campaign. So he played summer league uh, for Oklahoma City this year, but it's kind of been a stop and start thing for him across two seasons in the NBA, only playing 30 games. I asked some folks who are better around Oklahoma City than I am. Obviously, I'm not a Thunder expert. I have seen him play, but not like extensively at this stage. And the sense was that he was probably going to get cut by the Thunder, actually, if they didn't trade him as well. That's part of this, I would imagine, in terms of the Thunder side taking on Harkless and getting that pick in, in sort of an exchange, is that they were probably going to cut Krejci, not for sure, but without doing a full breakdown of their roster, they have too many players on their on their team right now that are on fully guaranteed contracts. And basically between like Krejci and like Teo Maladon, someone had to get cut on the Thunder roster. And Krejci seemed to be the most likely player to go ahead and move on from if you were the Thunder. So that's part of that. Part of the reason I think that he's probably in this deal. But I will say he's a pretty interesting prospect. Not just to throw in the broad sky reports. He's a 6'8 kind of combo wing player. Some interesting offensive traits. He can handle the ball a little bit. The handle is not the most developed in the world but he's at least comfortable with the ball in his hands he has good feel for the game he's a really intriguing grab and go guy like rebound and push the tempo kind of player um some of the question about Krejci right now though is that he was a pretty good athlete coming into the draft but he's not quite had that same burst by all accounts since getting back from the knee injury so that's something to circle if that comes back he could be pretty impressive but if not then maybe not quite the same level of prospect in the meantime you know, his projection is kind of tied to his offensive skill, offensive feel, and creation ability. Defensively, he's not very good in what I've seen, what I've also been able to glean from people that have watched him a lot. It does help, though, to be 6'8". Obviously, it's sort of uh, covering up for some stuff. I think that he does, he does understand how to play basketball, um, but not, not the most fleet-of-foot guy necessarily in terms of on-ball stuff and not the most attentive necessarily either. He didn't shoot it great in the 30 games with the Thunder so far. 33% from three. That's only about 100 shots, though, so I'm not really worried about the shot too much. He did shoot better than that in the G League, like 40-plus percent on an equally small sample size, so kind of who knows on that one. We don't really know how, at this point how McMillan feels or how the front office feels about Krejci, but he has some pretty good pedigree. You know, this is a guy who was a top 40 pick only two years ago, so there's a chance he sticks for sure and can help the Hawks at some point in time. I had talked about the Hawks don't have a ton of creation behind Murray and Trey. If something were to happen to either one of them, he might be able to help with that. Not like not as a primary, but let's just, let's just say if you were putting him next to Aaron Holiday, that might be uh, kind of interesting in some ways. At the same time, I would not project Krejci as an opening night rotation player for this Hawks team or anything close to that. I do think that like basically guys like Aaron Holiday, Justin Holiday, et cetera, would be firmly ahead of him in the pecking order. But 
he would be battling with like Tyrese Martin and AJ Griffin for fifth wing minutes along the way, potentially. And people could sort of asking me on Twitter right after the trade actually happened, if he could end up in the G league for some time, that would not shock me at all. Obviously a guy as young as he is who missed a bunch of time and is still like not played a ton of NBA basketball using the G league to kind of help those guys get some reps is a good idea, but he's not, he's not a full contract. He's not a two way, it's not a two way guy. He's not a full deal. It's not guaranteed, but I think he'll be around if I had to guess at this point in time, or I mean, I should say it's not like a zero percent chance. The Hawks could just cut him if they don't want him. If this is a, if this is a deal that's only motivated by getting off Harkless, they could just cut Krejci. I'd be surprised, but I wouldn't be utterly stunned by that. Regardless, that's where we are at this point in time. So overall, not a hugely surprising move for the Hawks to get off of Harkless and get under the tax. Nor is it a grand slam or anything on the on the offensive side. So the value part of this is potentially going to swing on the second round pick. Obviously, it's not the biggest deal in the world, but if you're a basketball nerd listening to this podcast, if it's a real pick, the Hawks paid a real price to do, to do this transaction. Um, they're obviously paying in some corners to shed Harkless' salary and also maybe add an interesting player in Krejci. The Hawks do have some extra picks as well. If it's a fake second, like you kind of have to do this. I mean, even as someone who has kind of admonished the Hawks for maybe staying under the tax and selling picks in the past and all that stuff, um, you know, you could certainly argue that for the future, especially if you like Krejci, him being under contract for three years at a very, very, very cheap price is notable as well. I think pretty clearly Mo Harkless is a more valuable player than Vic Krejci right now today in the NBA in terms of like, okay, if you have to play one of these two guys, who do you want? I would rather have Harkless pretty, pretty clearly. And there is some depth concern at the four. But even with all that said, and I kind of like Mo Harkless he was not going to be sticking around long term, I don't think, for the Hawks. And also, um, if you know, you know, shedding him, shedding that money makes a little bit of wiggle room for the Hawks. I do understand it. And Krejci has some real upside. Again, I, I don't, I don't want to be painting a negative picture. This is a pretty intriguing prospect. He's not like he's a former lottery picker or anything like that, but a guy who is still very young and pretty talented. And uh, the hope would be that as he recovers from the from the knee issues, he gets some of his burst back and sort of that unlocks uh, sort of his uh, prospect profile a little bit from the past. So. I like the transaction overall for the Hawks. Like, I'm not going to throw a parade for the Hawks getting out of the tax when they didn't have to do that. But I do understand, and I kind of saw that coming a mile away. So no surprises there. Harkless could be missed if something were to happen to John Collins or Jalen Johnson or whatever. But in the meantime, I kind of get it for the Hawks. And Krejci is a guy who that we can certainly keep an eye on in the near future. So that's my quick reaction, 15 minutes or so on the podcast about what actually transpired here. We'll have more as we get more details down the line. We'll have more podcast content. If you missed it, by the way, we've already had two shows on the podcast this week. Some mailback stuff, some bonus audio from Media Day, some training camp insights from over the weekend and all that fun stuff. So please subscribe to the podcast. Check out the show every single day, or at least most every day. This time of this time of year, our, our, our mantra at the Lockdown Podcast Network, Network is your team every day. We definitely try to live by that. So check us out on Twitter as well, at Lofton Hawks. Check me out on Twitter if you like to, at BT Roland. Subscribe, tell a friend, and we'll see you next time.